Penn State football fans. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. My name is Craig Rosala, your host and co-editor of For the Glory, and I'm joined by my partner Brandon Musso, who's also a co-editor of For the Glory of Old State. How are you doing tonight, Brandon? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, with Penn State about to enter their spring football schedule, and you know a little bit of a lull in the off season, our For the Glory team thought of an idea would be a pretty fun idea for us as writers and for you guys, the fans who follow and listen to us. You know, since it's going to be 25 years celebrating the Penn State football team from 1994 that went undefeated, won the Rose Bowl, we thought we would make a Dream Team series. So what the Dream Team series is, is we pick teams from 1994 to today, any player from 1994 to today, we picked two assistant coaches on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. We picked on offense one quarterback, five offensive linemen, and then each of us, Brandon, me, and Corey, picked an offensive set that we're going to put our players in, whether it's three wide receivers, one running back, and a tight end, or four wide receivers, a running back, five wide receivers, whatever we thought was the best way to make our team. Um, the defenses can also be a 4-3 set, nickel, dime, or quarter sets. And then we have a special teams unit, which will consist of one kicker, one punter, and one return man. So how this is going to work is Brandon and I are going to unveil our teams tonight on the podcast. Then Corey will have an article out on ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. And then next week, at some point, all three of us will write an article saying why each of our teams will defeat the other. Me and Brandon have our teams ready, and we are ready to unveil them. All right? Yes, we are. So, Brandon, I'll give it to you. Who were your offensive coaches that you picked, and why did you pick them specifically? Um, so I went pretty recent on these ones. I went with Joe Moorhead and, and Josh Gaddis. Moorhead, obviously, you know, he transformed the offense in ways that we never thought Penn State offense could achieve, I guess, in these recent days, especially after... John Donovan and, and his offenses. But anyways, Moorhead was elite. He made the offense elite, and I just think he'd be a great, great person to lead the offense, um, especially for me. I like exciting, big play, um, elite ability, that That's kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. exciting offenses. Um, so I went with him just for that reason in particular. And I'll get into more of that a little bit later as I talk about my QB and the rest of the team or the rest of the offense that I picked. As for Josh Gaddis, I, I could see people questioning this pick because um, there's a lot of Penn State assistants that have come through the ranks, but I think really highly of Gaddis. Um, I remember when he left for Alabama, I I don't know if it was I texted you or I texted somebody. I said, I think this is going to be something that's going to be felt pretty, pretty largely, and I think people mm-hmm. underestimate how much of a loss he is going to be to the program. And you saw it last year with the struggles of the wide receiver group, for sure. Exactly, yeah, and even before, like, when he was here, you saw, like, how good they were, and mm-hmm. McSorley chucking up balls, like, these guys were able to come down with them, they were running great routes, it just, I just think he's a really elite coach, and I would love to have, especially to lead the wide receivers, I mean, that's a huge part of the offense, as we know, he was with Joe Moorhead at the same time at Penn State. So I think he would be a great addition to to the team. Now, for me, I went, I kind of cheated a little bit. Our job was to pick two assistant coaches and not head coaches. We didn't pick any head coaches, but 
I went with Bill O'Brien as my offensive coordinator because when Bill O'Brien was the head coach, he was technically also the offensive coordinator. It's understandable. understandable. So I have Bill O'Brien leading my <laughs> offense. I'll let it pass. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I cheated a little bit, but I have you know some clarification on it. And then I went with another disciple of Bill O'Brien, which was Charlie Fisher, who was a quarterback's coach from 2012 and 13 with Bill O'Brien. And the reason why I picked Charlie Fisher is, you know, I think the offenses with Bill O'Brien were very successful. And I don't think it was just Bill O'Brien, though. I think Matt McGloin's success and the, the success of Christian Hackenberg in his freshman season right. somewhat have to do with Charlie Fisher. And I think that having that unity and having that, you know, that coaching prowess at the quarterback position will make the whole offense better when it comes to the receivers, the running backs, and the line. So heading into our teams, you have Brandon with Joe Moorhead and Josh Gaz as his coaches. Who do you have on the offensive line for protecting, you know, your quarterback? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll be honest with this one. I, I, I can't say that there's been a lot of uh, elite offensive linemen that have come through Penn State. Especially that, with the sanctions. That I've Especially been, with the sanctions. You know, like, ooh, this guy, you know, like, I need to pick him, you know. So I kind of went with a lot of guys that I uh, I did some research, and I also went by just guys who had success in the NFL, really, just because I followed them in the, in the NFL. Um, so at center, I went with A.Q. Shipley. Like like I said, just a solid option at center. He has he had a pretty decent NFL career. I've watched Still him. Playing, too. Yeah, I've, I, I've watched him a couple times. So left guard, I went with Jeff Hardings. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I did some research. I found to see that he was pretty unanimous as one of the best uh, offensive linemen that have come out of Penn State. Um, so I definitely had to have him on the team. He was part of the ridiculous O-line in 94 yep. that I just found out they relinquished four sacks all season. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> Unheard that. of in these days, right? Yeah. So You gave a four sacks in the Outback Bowl alone to Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Along those lines, I went with – I'll go right to the right tackle here because I picked um, Keith Collin, who was also a member of the 94 offensive line. Okay. Um, so I had, to, I had to throw him in there. Um, right guard, Stephen Wisniewski. Again, followed him in the NFL. Just won the Super Bowl with yeah. the Eagles. Good um, nice career so far. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Levi Brown. Did research on him and saw him in the NFL – Great offensive line come out of Penn State and pretty solid career in the pros. So I went four out of five with you with the offensive line. Like you said, I don't think there was a, a huge group to pick from. Exactly. And I think some of that has to do with the guys that were really good were really good, and they stood out among a lot of the other linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Levi Brown at left tackle protecting my quarterback's blind side. 6'6", 324 pounds. He was the fifth overall pick in the 2007 draft. And he was a two-time All-Big Ten in 05 and 06 when he was at Penn State. Jeff Hardings, you know, as Brandon said, very accomplished in his career. Two-time first-team All-American. He went 23rd overall in the 1996 draft, and he went to the Lions. I have A.Q. Shipley at center. He was a 2007 first-team All-Big Ten. And then in 2008, he had a huge year. He won the Remington Trophy, which is the nation's top center. And he was an All-American as well. And I have Stefan Wisniewski, um, as you said, Accomplished at Penn State, two-time first-team All-Big Ten. He was on the 08 team as one of the young linemen on that team. And he was a second-round pick. He's had a nice NFL career, and as you said, he's a Super Bowl champ with the Eagles. Um, at right tackle, I went a little bit different. As you said, it's kind of you know tough picking and picking guys. Right. And I went with Gerald Cadogan, 
from the 2008 team. And I know he played left tackle with the 08 team, but I'm moving over to right tackle. Um, he was an All Big Ten performer in 2008, and he also won the Sportsmanship Award in 2008. Um, bet you didn't know that. Got to have a good locker room. Yeah, I, um, I like it. But I think Gerald, Gerald Kadogan, he was an All Academic guy in the Big Ten too, Academic All American. He was, you know, good guy, you know, good player overall. Yep. So I went with him at right tackle. But as you can see, our offensive lines are very similar. And so I think, you know, getting the linemen out of the way, I think the more fun aspect of this is picking the skill guys. There's been a lot of skill guys that have come out of Penn State. Obviously, the 94 team, you know, you have the 05 team, you have the 02 team, you know, recent years with, you know, a couple guys. I'll turn it over to Brandon. We'll go back and forth here. First of all, talk about your offensive personnel. What, what kind of offensive set are you running and why'd you pick it with your you know your offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead? All right, so I went with three wide receivers, a tight end, and one running back. The biggest reason why I went that way is obviously I said big play ability is a big part of Joe Moorhead's offense, and I wanted to have as many weapons on you know tight end and three wide receivers as like possibly can be out um, on the field for my quarterback to throw to. Um, so that was kind of the main the, the main reason why I I went with that. And uh... Who'd you take at quarterback? All right, so this was a pretty easy pick for me. Um, I picked Michael Robinson. I know we harped on Trace McSorley in, in the bowl game as the best quarterback, but I don't know. I just, I just, I just wanted to. He's just one of my favorite Penn State players that I've ever watched. Um, he was just dynamic, and he was able to make make plays with his arms, and he displayed a unique scramble ability. I thought he had some good speed, power too. Yeah, a lot of power. Um, I mean, the, I don't know if you saw the the Minnesota game from '05 where he leveled a guy and the guy went out cold on the sideline. <laughs> he did power. It's the kind of guy I want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he threw for 2,350 yards and 17 touchdowns through the air. Right. But mm-hmm. get this, he rushed for another 806 yards and added 10 more touchdowns to be the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in 2005. And he finished fifth in the Heisman that year. There you go. Yeah, he was phenomenal. And now. I'm going to turn it over to you again. You know, you said you have Joe Moore as your offensive coordinator, so obviously there are no snaps under center. Obviously. <laughs> so, Oh, really? Why do they do that? <laughs> yeah. So with that, who is your running back that he's going to be running the read option with or handing the ball to? All right, so um, I actually sat here for a while trying to make this pick. Um, I didn't really know exactly. It wasn't a no-brainer. Like I think some no, people probably think it's a no-brainer not for them. So I went with Barkley. The one thing that caused me pause when I was picking him was I think Barkley created – he was a great player, so obviously defenses were scheming against him every game, stacking the box. like. And there was a stretch in 2017 where they went – he went through you know, a couple of games where he really didn't really rush for that many yards because obviously they were – the defenses were trying everything they can to try and, and, and keep him bottled up. Um, so I felt that – you know, I didn't want that kind of guy, just because he's polarizing in that sense. Yeah. Um, so I decided against it because I think there's so many good players on this team that he, it's, it's opened up a little. Yeah, bit. he's he's not okay. going to be like he's a great run. Like he's like one of the best, obviously. Yes. But I mean, there's a ton of talent on this team that you can't just go after Barkley. Exactly. Like maybe they saying. other defensive and defenses in 2017 might have so you're saying instead of an eight nine man box that he might have faced in 2016 or 17 
it's gonna be a little bit more even now where yeah. there's gonna be hats on hats on the line and Barkley's yeah. gonna have lanes. Yeah, and you're gonna see and you're gonna see some and you have talent Michael Robinson running. Yeah. And you're gonna see some talent spread out wide. You can't you you can't it's mm-hmm. not gonna be a one dimensional offense. Yeah. It's not gonna be all on Barkley. So that was the one reason why I actually ended up picking Barkley because I thought that there was just too much talent on this dream team to to make it just about him. And now who were some of the other running backs that you were looking at that you were like uh, I needed. I needed him. I needed him. See, this was like I. I love Evan Royster. Yeah, um, he's not like jersey. he's not like great. Yeah, I, he's not great, but he was like just like consistent. Yeah, when consistent. I when I was like really into Penn State, like when I started really getting into it, like he was the guy, and yep. I just I thought he was he had to be my favorite player. I never got his jersey. I do have his autograph though. So. Oh, okay. But anyways, yeah. So he was like another guy that I thought. Um, could possibly take over but um now for me i took bill o'brien as my office coordinator and i have charlie fisher as quarterbacks coach right so what i was envisioning was play action type of rollout offense so for me i love michael robinson he doesn't really fit that right i love trace mcsorley he played in a spread system his whole career so he doesn't fit that either so the obvious choice for me was 1994 carrie collins and, you know, he was the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft that year to the Panthers. He was a first-team All-American. He was the Davey O'Brien Award winner, the Maxwell Award winner. And he was fourth in the Heisman Trophy that year. And, you know, their offense that year, he, you know, led them to 47.8 points per game, which was the best in 1994. Obviously, the offensive line helped, you know, only having four <laughs> sacks in the whole year. Yeah. But what I'm picturing is an offense where you have a quarterback that's Athletic enough to roll out and has a big arm, can see the whole field. Kerry Collins was six five, almost two hundred fifty pounds, a huge guy. Could throw the ball down the field, and to complement him at the running back position, I also took Saquon Barkley. However, I had you know I had the idea in my head where I was thinking, oh, pair him up with Kajana Carter again, and you know Kajana Carter went a first overall that year, and he was amazing right. at Penn State, obviously. Oh God, yeah, one of the best. And then I think the guy that I had even more consideration for was Larry Johnson. And Larry Johnson ran for 2,000 yards in 2002, and he was huge, like massive, right. probably over 230 pounds. And, you know, you have the sh- you see him in the shoulder pads back in those days when they had big shoulder pads. Huge guy, ha- had good speed. He can catch the ball too. But I think, I think of Saquon Barkley, he's also 230 pounds. He's probably faster than Larry Johnson, and he probably can catch the ball, and he's more elusive than Larry Johnson. So I want to say Juan Barkley at the running back position. And obviously, you know, Brandon and I both have him. And, you know, he went second overall in 2018. He was a two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, two-time first-team All-Big Ten. He had 5,500 yards, all-purpose yards. So he did everything, receiving, running, and even returning. Um, So, you know, Saquon Barkley is kind of unanimous with us, but, you know, he was – phenomenal and i think he fits any offense not just the joe moorhead system he fits any type of offense and i think he fits my bill o'brien offense uh so brandon and i actually have the same offensive set which i failed to mention i have three wide receivers one running back and one tight end as well so that's those are qbs and running backs brandon if you want to talk about your tight end who'd you take yeah so i picked kyle brady okay um (laughs) Let's be honest here. Kyle Brady played at Penn State before I was even born. Yep. Um, so I can't sit here and say that, oh, I watched him play. It was great and everything. But um, from everything that I've read, he 
was a very good blocker, and I think that was the biggest factor in picking him. You know, a, a large part of me wanted to pick more recent tight ends like Jesse James or Gusicki. Yeah, so, um, but I think both of them struggle with blocking, right? Especially Gusicki. Yeah. Especially so him. I went with Kyle Brady for that reason because I think that's a very, very important part of a good offense is having a tight end who could block, having a guy who could pick up a blitz if if there's somebody coming. You know, he could be there on the line, um, putting it down. Not only can he block, he could also go out and be a prolific tight end, um, pass-catching tight end. Um, so I thought that was a huge part of the offense, and that's why I picked him. I picked Kyle Brady as well, um, kind of for the same reasons you picked. And, you know, a good blocking tight end, if we have these weapons we're talking about in the offenses, we'll get into the receivers next, you know, you don't need to throw to a tight end every time. You can have him blocking, though, and right. protecting your quarterback. And with the Bill O'Brien offense, like I said, I'm kind of imagining things in my head. And, you know, when you think of Bill O'Brien before he got to Penn State, he was the offense coordinator of the Patriots. Right. And he had perhaps the best tight end in football <laughs> history in Rob Gronkowski, who just retired um, the other day. Right. And I'm thinking of Kyle Brady in that role where, you know, Kyle Brady was huge, like six foot six, two seventy eight, like I think Jasicki and Jesse James, like they were tall. Mm-hmm. They were kind of slim. They were slim. Compared yeah. to old school tight ends. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Brady was huge, so you know, if, even if he's not running the deep routes up the scene that maybe Jasicki or Jesse James were, you know, he can he can catch the ball, he can move a little bit, but he also can block, and that's something that I think of like Rob Gronkowski. He was not only was he a great receiver, but he was a great blocker and he was huge too. So that's why I went Kyle Brady, and also Kyle Brady he went ninth overall in the 1995 draft, and he was an All-American in 1994, like so many other offensive players on that <laughs> 94 team, team yeah. were. So moving on to the wide receiver group, we both have three wide receivers. Uh, we'll go one by one. So Brandon, give me one wide receiver that you took, and tell me why you took him. All right, so I took Bobby Ingram. Okay. Um, I think that was pretty obvious um, pick. I think by all accounts, he's probably the greatest receiver in Penn State history. He is their all-time leading receiver, 3,026 yards. Touchdown receptions, he's got 31, and he's forever remembered for his part in, you said it, the 94 prolific offense. Yeah. I took Bobby Ingram as well, and I'm thinking of him as, like, my slot receiver. He's, you know, 5'10", 5'11", quicker guy, and... um, you know, he was a three-time first-team All-Big Ten. He was All-American. He was the 1994 Bolitnikoff Trophy winner. He got drafted in the second round in 1996. Um, he used to be the former all-time catch leaders until Deion Butler and then later on Deshaun Hamilton broke his record. And like you said, he's the, still the all-time yards leader. He's fourth in catches at Penn State, and he's the only Penn State receiver with over 3,000 yards receiving in his career. So Bobby Ingram had it. You know, not just one great season at wide receiver. He had multiple phenomenal years. Yep. I think that's, you know, why Bobby Ingram should be picked on any Penn State team. <laughs> exactly, yep. So, you know, I, like I said, I have him in the slot. I don't know about you, but go on to your next receiver. Um, so you just said it. You just said him, actually. I went with Deion Butler. Oh, nice. Um, I just was really impressed by his speed um, and, sure, and sure hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... In my offense with Moorhead, it's a big play, electric offense. You need a guy with speed like this. I think that he just is the man for the job um, in that sense. He holds the record for the most receiving yards in a game. 
He put up 216. He ranks third in all-time t- touchdown receptions at Penn State. He put up 22 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, he was just, like, for me, I, I did a lot of the picking on guys that I remember as, you know, some of my favorite players mm-hmm. that I watched. Um, and he was definitely one of them. I just, like, he just loved when he got the ball. Like <laughs> he, he was, was shifty. Like, yeah. I mean, he, even if he was catching short yardage, he was shifty, and he could create after the catch for sure. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely one of my favorite wide receivers to watch for sure. Now, when I think of, like, Deion Butler, I think back to, you know, you have the connection with him and Michael Robinson. I think of him making so many diving catches as a freshman. Right. And people forget, like, Deion Butler wasn't some high recruit. Like, those other receivers were, like, you know, Derek Williams or Justin King on that team. Like, right. He came in the year before as a defensive back, and he redshirted. Then he started receiver as a redshirt freshman. And then he, like you said, we he broke the all-time catch record from Bobby Ingram yeah. Um, by the time he was a senior, which, you know, later on got broken by Deshaun Hamilton. But Deion Butler was a phenomenal player, and, you know, he he's definitely a legend at Penn State. I think he should be at least. Yeah, he's on my team. He is not on my team, however. Oh, boy. Um, I, I went a little different route. Not really, like, you know, Deion Butler, Bobby Ingram, both, like, 5'10"-ish. I've seen Bobby Ingram in my slot as, like, a 5'10 guy, which you need a shorter guy. I was thinking big receivers, like big, tall, can get up and get the ball. Um, so I went with Allen Robinson. Robinson, you know, second round pick, um, six foot three. That's the thing I like. He's six foot three, can right. jump up and get the ball. You know, he serves as the field goal block team, so he can block kicks and just jump in the air and block them. That's you know, that speaks to his leaping ability. Right. And he was a two time All Big Ten. He was receiver of the year in two thousand thirteen, All American. You know, in 2012, he had 77 catches for over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then in 2013, with a true freshman quarterback, he had 97 catches for over 1,400 yards. And for him, he's third all-time in catches at Penn State. And he has the best catch total in a season, and he has the third-best catch total. He only played two seasons, basically. He had three catches in one year. Um, and then he left early for the draft. So Al Robson had a phenomenal career at Penn State. And like I said, I think of him, I think of Kerry Collins just throwing a jump ball up to him, and he's going to get it every time. So that's that's my second wide receiver. Who do you have as your third wide receiver? Uh, my third wide receiver is Allen Robinson. Yes, sir. Uh, for much of the same reason that you picked him. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, I have some speed, not, not a lot of size. This is the guy that I needed to go up and get the ball, like you said. He's the best at it. Like we talked about it. I talked about it, like, a lot already. Like, Moorhead's offense. Gaddis says the wide receivers coach. You need guys that can go up and make the play when you need to. Um, I think Al Robinson is remembered for the catch against Michigan, yes. the Michigan upset. Um, I still have the collegian cover of him catching the ball with the fitting caption for the glory. Yeah. For the glory of Old State. That's us. Um <laughs> But, yeah, makes the play in the big moment. This is just the kind of guy I want on my team. I mean, he can go up and get the ball when I need him to go up and get the ball. And not even that, too. Like people, like, people remember that catch he made at the one-yard line. Remember the catch earlier on that drive where he dragged his feet on the sideline? What a phenomenal catch. Very like, underrated part of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's what got the drive Does going. Does that drive happen if he doesn't no. make that catch? <laughs> exactly. You know, he was not, not only just a jump ball guy, like, he can you know, run routes, get open himself. Like he was phenomenal. Right. Um, 
So th- those are your three wide receivers. So you have Bobby Ingram, Deion Butler, and Allen Robinson. Yep. I have Bobby Ingram, Allen Robinson, and then my third guy, sticking with my trend of big guys that can catch the ball, I went with Bryant Johnson. Bryant Johnson was on the 2002 team. He went first round to the Cardinals in 2003, and he's fitting my trend with Allen Robinson. He's six foot three, can go up and get the ball, really athletic. Um, and for him, you know, they didn't throw the ball back then as much as they did in recent years, you know, with the Joe Paterno offense. <laughs> but he finished 12th in receptions, and, you know, he was a big part of that 2002 team that had um, nine wins and went to the Capital One Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. Um, who were some guys at the wide receiver position that you were like, eh, they, I should really consider them, but you kind of um, turned away at last second? Um, one of them was Derek Williams. Um, I just... I wanted Deion Butler for the speed aspect. I mean, I know Derek Williams is fast, but I picked him for a different position. You'll see why. Okay. So I just I wanted to I wanted to split it up a little bit. I wanted to put Derek Williams somewhere else on my team and add another guy into the fold in the wide receiver position. So you'll see. See, I think with Derek Williams, he's like more dynamic, but Deion Butler is a lot more consistent of a receiver. Where. Mm-hmm. You could throw the ball to Deion Butler nine, ten times a game, feel very good about it. Where Derek Williams, you couldn't have him run a ten yard route. Like you kind of had to get him going in the backfield. You had to get him on a screen pass, a bunch of different ways, which was great for that team because you already had Butler. Yeah. But I think Deion Butler was a better wide receiver as opposed to Derek Williams being a better maybe player. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like I said, I went, I was going big at the the outside, and one guy I was looking at was Joe Jaravicious, where. He's six foot five, like two hundred and forty pounds. He went to the Buccaneers and had a nice career with them, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks in two thousand two. Um, so Joe Jaravicious was on my radar. And also, you know, I was looking at Deshaun Hamilton for the slot, but you know, I think Bobby Ingram kind of takes the, the cake on that where mm-hmm. you know, even though Deshaun Hamilton has the record, I think Bobby Ingram was more impactful. Yeah, it's not taking away anything away from Hamilton, no, but no. um just, I think Bobby Ingram was more, more impactful yeah. um, as a slot guy. So those are our teams for the offensive side of the ball. Now we're going to move over to the defensive side of the ball. And like, like you said, it's kind of the same setup as the offense where we have two assistant coaches. So it could be any defense coordinator or um, you know position coach. And then you know we could go 4-3 defense. We could go nickel, dime, quarter. Basically anything besides 3-4 because Penn State's never run a 3-4 defense. So... Talk about your two defensive coaches and why you picked them. All right, so my first one is Larry Johnson. Um, I think he's probably disliked by some Penn State fans out there yeah, for for <laughs> taking his talents to Ohio State, but uh, there's no denying that he's a special coach and a huge part of creating a dominant defensive line, which I always say is one of the biggest parts of creating a good defense is having a good defensive line. Um, that being said, Sean Spencer, probably my second – Second pick, um, just because I think defensive line is important. Yeah, they so both have done a great job. Spencer just missed, missed the cut. Uh, I went with Larry Johnson just because I think he is an incredible coach. Not to take anything away from Spencer, but um, Johnson is my choice. And who's your second assistant? Uh, so I went with Tom Bradley as my defensive coordinator. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest reasons why I picked this is I believe that chemistry is a big part of um, the success of a team and I think you'll see later I picked a lot of guys that Tom Bradley coached mm-hmm. um, so guys that he 
recruited, like I said, guys that he coached. So, like, that kind of relationship, I think, can go a long way um, with playing together. Um, just having that trustworthiness between defensive player and defensive coach, I think that was a big uh, a big part of it. And not to mention he was the defensive coordinator for some of the best defenses that Penn State yes. has had. So that was my pick. And I went the same the same route. I went with Tom Bradley as my defensive coordinator and Larry Johnson as you know his assistant. And that's the way it was for so many years until 2011. And then, uh, you know, they were they were a great combo. You know, obviously I had, I had Ron Vanderlinden in consideration, too. He was the linebackers coach right, yeah. under Bradley mm-hmm. during that time, and he came back for the Bill O'Brien era as well. Um, you know, and Brent Pry was in consideration for me, too. He's done a great job since he's taken over as the D coordinator. But I think those two are really solid picks. You know, there's a lot of not only great college guys that have played, but guys that, you know, have gone to the NFL and maybe were, you know, fourth, fifth round picks and have had outstanding careers in the NFL. I think that speaks to not only what they did at Penn State, but what they taught them to go into the NFL. I think that's what makes Tom Bradley and Larry Johnson just both great picks. Mm -hmm. Um, Credit to Brandon and I for being so insightful and great, great minded to pick them, right? Well, just, (laughs) just a disclaimer for everyone out there. Me and Craigan did not show each other our no. teams until tonight, um, yep. until we sat down to record this podcast. So don't, let's not get anybody thinking that we're like colluding or anything. <laughs> this is not. This is purely us picking the same people, yeah. not copying off of each other. Okay, so what kind of defense did you set up? Like I said, we did we did basically everything except three four. So what you what you think of? Uh, so yeah, my uh, my defensive set was a four three. Um, I thought, you know. The biggest thing for me, like I said, defensive line, big part of a good defense. And I thought, get win the battles up front, um, get the guys, get the elite talent up front, and win those battles in the trenches. Okay. Um, so we'll start with defensive end. We're gonna go through the line, like defensive end, defensive tackle, defensive tackle, and then defensive end. So, Brandon, start with your first defensive end. Uh, yeah. So I picked Courtney Brown. Big fan of sacks, quarterback pressure. This is your man having a successful defense. Definitely fits the bill to get those kinds of sacks. He has the most sacks yep. in Penn State history with 33, and he also has 70 tackles for loss in his oh, in his yeah. in his Penn State career. I thought that was a huge, huge number. Um, I think he is the best man to be up front and cause havoc in the backfield for the offense. Okay. Um... I'm starting in the same spot. I, I went with a 4-3 defense as well, and I went with Courtney Brown as my first defensive end. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think this is pretty, you know, standard for Penn State fans. Is Courtney Brown, he was first overall in the NFL draft in 2000. Like Brandon said, 33 sacks at Penn State, which is the most all-time. Uh, and, you know, he's six foot five, 285 pounds. And then, you know, I think of Courtney Brown, I think of one play he had against Purdue, against Drew Brees, where Drew Brees threw a, you know, a slant pattern, and Courtney Brown eluded a block that was coming at his knees, jumped up in the air, tipped it to himself, caught it, and then ran to the end zone for a touchdown, which that speaks to how athletic Courtney Brown was. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was two-time All-Big Ten, Defensive Lineman of the Year in 1999, and he was All-American as well, and the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in 1999. So Courtney Brown, you know, kind of a, an easy pick at defensive end. Uh so moving over to the defensive tackle position, who do you have? Uh, yeah, so the first guy I went with was Austin Johnson. 
Mm. Um, maybe an interesting pick for people. Yeah. Um, but I obviously was around for him to play. He just recently left Penn State a couple of years ago. Uh, I was just a big fan of him. I think he's a great option to to plug up the middle and and really just take down take down the running back. That's a that's a nice pick. You know, he had a really nice career at Penn State. He did. I went with another first rounder. I went with Jared Odrick. Uh Jared Odrick, like I said, first round two thousand ten to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Six foot five, two hundred ninety five pounds, you know. But he wasn't like just some fat guy plugging the the holes in the middle. <laughs> he was really athletic, you know, big body, just you know, tons of muscle, really strong. And, you know, he could rush the passer as well. He was a two-time first-team All-Big Ten player, and he was a 2009 Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and he was an All-American in 2009. And like I said, drafted in 2010 as a first-rounder to the Dolphins. You know, Jared Odrick, I think, you know, I think of getting up the field and rushing the quarterback while also defending the run. Jared Odrick is really, really good at doing both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next defensive tackle, who you got? I went with Anthony Adams. Spice. Spice. Yep. Yeah, everyone knows him now. If you watch Big Ten Network, yeah. you <laughs> you know you who that guy though. is. People do forget. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, maybe you forget that he was a very good defensive tackle. Um, <laughs> like I said, another big guy, plug the holes up front. Like I said, that's where I want. I want a stout. I want a stout line in the up the middle, and I want some guys in the ends that could rush the quarterback. Yeah, Anthony Adams was a second round pick, um, and he kind of like I said, he kind of gets forgotten about forgotten about because. He's so big in the media now with you know the Big Ten and things like that. Mm-hmm. And another reason why he's somewhat forgotten about is Penn State had another defensive tackle that was a first-round pick the year Anthony Adams got drafted, and that's my next defensive tackle, and that's Jimmy Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Kennedy went 12th overall in the 2003 draft, and you know he was six foot four, 320 pounds, huge guy, huge, and he can rush the passer. He was a first-team All Big Ten in 02. He was the defensive lineman of the year. He's All-American. And for a defensive tackle, I found this to be very, very impressive. He had 87 tackles in 2002 alone. Wow. Seems like a lot of tackles for, for, for a defensive, defensive tackle. tackle. Yeah, for sure. You know, and one as big as Jimmy Kennedy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had five and a half sacks in that very, very good 2002 season. So I went with uh, Jimmy Kennedy at my second defensive tackle position. And now moving over to our last slot on the defensive line. Who do you got? All right, so I went very interesting with this one. See what you guys think. I picked Carl Nassib. You love Carl Nassib. I do love Carl Nassib. I know you I do. You love him. Like I said, I love sacks. I got a guy on the on the other end, Courtney Brown. That can get up. They can get to the quarterback. Here's another guy that gets the quarterback. We heard time and time again about this guy, his motor. Oh my God, he never stops going. He never stops going. I just I needed him on my team just because. I just remember, like, every time I saw, like, like the play started, I'm watching him to see if he can get to the quarterback because he he, it's true. Like, he never stopped. He always mm-hmm. was just – he just went, went, went until he got to the quarterback. And I think he is a perfect person for this. So, Courtney Brown has the most sacks in Penn State history. Carl Nassib has the single-season record for sacks at Penn State with 16. So, that was another reason why I picked him. Sounds sounds like a lot of sacks on your defensive line. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned Carl Nassib and his high motor, and I think probably the only guy on the Penn State defensive line in recent years that can even compare to it or even be better than Carl Nassib in terms of motor and working hard was uh, Tamba Hali. Oh. I went with Tamba. Um, it's between him and Nassib. <laughs> yeah, I went with Tamba. And I, you know, I mentioned it in my favorite games article where Tamba Hali went 
absolutely insane. Just rushing the passer, getting upfield, you know, stopping the running back, Brian Calhoun from Wisconsin, whether it was, you know, 10 yards down the field and he went after the quarterback, whatever. He was insane with how hard he worked on every single play. Mm-hmm. He was another first-rounder, had a great career with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a unanimous All-American, first-team All-Big Ten, defensive lineman of the year in the Big Ten, and he led the Big Ten with 11 sacks in 2005. And, you know, he was part of that resurgence in 2005 where they had a great season. I think a lot of it on the defensive side of the ball had to do with Tom Bahali and how well he performed. For the defensive line, were there any guys that you were, you know, considering that you were like, eh? Yeah, like I said, Tom Bahali was the next man up. Um, mm-hmm. It was between him and Carl Nassif, but as I said, quarterback pressure, sacks, that's what I want, and Carl Nassib, I thought, was, was a good fit for that. For that, But, you know, Tom Bahali was definitely up there. Yeah. Now, for me, I, I was... I knew you were going to go with Carl Nassib. I knew it. <laughs> I You didn't have to tell me. I knew it. And uh, for me, I, I was looking at Anthony Zettel as well. Not a bad... Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, pass rush, pass rush. And Anthony Zettel was quick. He was a little smaller, but he was definitely quick. And even, you know, Devin Still was... Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, his senior year. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a yeah. ton of guys that you could have went with, really. Da- Daquan Jones had yeah. a you know a good career. Penn State Jordan Hill was really really Jordan good. Hill, yep. and I'm even thinking you know back to like 08, like Ali Ogbu was pretty good. Um, you know, there's been a lot of good defensive linemen at Penn State in recent years. So this was a, definitely a hard group to come you know to come and pick. But you know, I think. Between the guys you picked and the guys I picked, like they were so like they were kind of above and beyond some of the other guys. Yeah, because not just because they, they were just really really good in college. I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't mat- match up on like all, all four. Yeah, of them, no, yeah. We, that's I think that speaks to the depth that that yep, defensive line position sure. had, and I think some of that has to do with Larry Johnson. <laughs> yep, because all four of my guys are Larry Johnson guys. And I think NASA might be the only one that isn't, but he started his career with Larry Johnson. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move to the linebacking group. Um, both of us have three linebackers. And, you know, for linebacker you and limiting his, this position <laughs> to three. three linebackers over 25 years is going to be pretty tough. But right. we try to do it. Who's your first linebacker? All right. So the obvious pick for me was Arrington. Yeah. I thought that was just, I mean, a no-brainer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, Arrington was probably not only like one of the best linebackers in Penn State history, but probably one of the overall best players in in Penn State history. Absolutely. So, um, you know, linebacker you has a great is a quite a long list of great linebackers, and I think he ranks up there as probably the best um, to do I'd it. Say, I'd say so as well. Um, he won the Bernard Award um, and the Buckus Award, so just a just a strong option to be. You are linebacker at Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think of linebacker you, and I think of certain numbers that fit certain players. And I think the number eleven has become, you know, synonymous with great linebackers. Um, you know, Micah Parsons took that number this year, and it was a huge deal with the media and the fans because it's like, wow, he's wearing number eleven. Bowen Bowen was eleven too, wasn't he? Navarro Bowen was number eleven yeah. as well, and you know, it speaks to how much of a great legacy that LeVar Arrington left at Penn State. Right. And, um, you know, I th- you think of the LeVar Leap. Yeah. You think, obviously. I think 
going back to that Purdue game where I mentioned Courtney Brown, you know, LeVar Arrington, you know, he sacked Drew Brees, forced a fumble, and he picked it up and ran to the end zone, too. <laughs> like, it's not just, you know, some college quarterback. It's Drew Brees. Right. It's Drew yeah. Brees. Drew Brees. You know, LeVar Arrington, phenomenal player, really athletic. He, Him and Courtney Brown went first and second overall in the 2000 draft, and that's something I don't know if it's going to be done Um in the future because those two players are just so, so good on that defense. Imagine having both of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, easy choice. LeVar Arrington, number one. Who's number two for you? Um, Sean Lee is my okay. is my next one. You know, much has been made about his career right now in the NFL, the Cowboys. He's probably on the side of the, on the sidelines more than he's actually on the field. Yep. Injuries have, have really limited um, him in the pros, but – at Penn State, he was a great player. Just, like I said, long list of guys at Penn State you could pick as a linebacker, and I, I think that he is definitely deserving to be on that list. Um, and, you know, one of the bigger things for me with him was he was a good leader. Um, oh, yeah. And you need a good leader on your defense. He was voted team captain in 2008 and 2009. So just kind of guy that the players like and just the kind of guy that you want to lead your defense, you know? Yeah, for sure. And now I'll expand upon Sean Lee. I didn't pick him, but you know, you mentioned team captain in two thousand eight and two thousand nine. Two thousand eight he tore his ACL. He didn't play. play. yeah. But you see him on the sideline, he was coaching. Mm-hmm. Like that speaks to the leadership and, you know, the the mental capabilities that Sean Lee had as a linebacker, not just as a player, but as a, a teacher and a coach. So I think, you know, Sean Lee, tough for me to leave him off. But man, he was a phenomenal player. Yeah, definitely. obviously he has a, he's had a great career with the Cowboys too. Yeah, beyond beyond the actual play on the field, like you said, he's just a great guy to yeah. have around the team. I mean, watch the tape. He he's on the sideline those eight oh eight games, and he has a polo on, he has a clipboard, and he has a headset. <laughs> How many college players are doing that today? Mm-hmm. Not many. Well, Sean Lee was that special. Yeah. Um. So my second linebacker played with Sean Lee, and it's Paul Pozlesny. Paul Pozlesny was my favorite player growing up. I did book reports on him, like ta- talking about him as a role model mm-hmm. when I was younger. I loved Paul Pozlesny. I got a 31 jersey before the Penn State Notre Dame game in 2006 because of Paul Pozlesny. And, um, you know, I think of him, I think of just that turnaround with the Penn State team. I think he was the heart and soul of that team. There was obviously a lot of other great players on that team, but I think he was the heart and soul. You know, I think of him, you know, with his busted nose, and they were like, how'd you get that? And he, he said, my helmet didn't fit, but I didn't care. I still played. Like, and I didn't let a broken nose and, you know, a cut nose, you know, affect me and my play in practice. Right. You know, Paul Pozlesny was a phenomenal player. Second rounder, second all-time in tackles. Um, he was first for a season, and then Dan Connor broke his record. And like I said, I think he's the heart and soul of the team. He was also a two-time All-American, and he was a Bednarik and Buckus Award winner like LeVar Arrington was. So Paul Pozlesny has some of the same you know, credentials as LeVar Arrington. That speaks to how good Pozlesny was. Also, two-time captain as, you know, a junior and a senior like uh, Sean Lee was. So Paul Pozlesny for me is the whole deal. And for me, I think of 31 as a linebacker, you number two, because Paul Pozlesny carried on that legacy from Shane Conlon in the Uh 80s. And, you know, he carried it on to a whole other level, I think, in 2005, 2006. Uh, So we have one more linebacker to pick. And Brandon has his pick right now. And you just said it. <laughs> Paul Pozlesny. Yes. Uh, like, you, you covered a lot of it. But, oh, yeah. you know, won the Benaric Award, Award twice. 
Mm-hmm. Buckus Award once. He said that already. But he, you know, just truly one of the best linebackers the Penn State has. Is it's just you can't. I mean, you can't leave him off the list. I think in my no. that's my opinion. Absolutely not. Now, for me, my third pick, I went. Might draw some controversy, but I think Navarro Bowman. I loved him. You know, yeah. like I said, he carried on that number eleven tradition, and you know, he was when Sean Lee got hurt in two thousand eight. Navarro Bowman stepped up in a huge way. There wasn't a whole lot expected out of Navarro Bowman. He stepped up. He was a 2008 All-Big Ten performer. He had another great season in 2009 with Sean Lee back in the fold. And uh, I think Navarro Bowman was a phenomenal player. I think kind of like a, you know, a speed guy, a sure tackler, big hitter. I think Navarro Bowman really fits that bill. And you know he's had an excellent NFL career as well. Obviously he had a really tragic injury in one game where it was just awful to watch mm-hmm. but you know Bowman was a phenomenal player at Penn State and he became a great pro as well so I mean I left off Sean Lee and Dan Connor from those teams and even Brandon Short yep but I, I love the, the linebacker group I have you can't really go wrong with anybody you oh, pick for sure. in these groups Obviously. and then you think of even recent years like Mike Hull Mike Hull Jason Gabinda yeah uh, um yeah I'm I know I'm missing a few others too. I just Michael Motti, <laughs> your <yep>. boy, Michael <laughs> Motti, Gerald Hodges. You know, I we, love Hodges too. Yep. There was a lot of great linebackers, and I think the guys we picked are like the cream of the crop, honestly. Oh, for sure. So moving on to the defensive backs, um, this is a position group that you know you don't hear as much about in Penn State lore, but you know you got to take them on your team. And if, you know we kind of talked about with our defensive linemen generate pass rush kind of take away from worrying about the, the defensive backs so who do you have is we're gonna go we'll just go four clean you know defensive backs we won't really go position wise but go ahead name your first defensive back yeah so i went more recent on these ones like you said like you don't hear much about this so i didn't really i didn't really know too many that i i wanted to pick um so i went with the guys that i was kind of more familiar with um my first one was adrian amos um just always been very fond of him at Penn State you know I continue to follow him in the pros he's a a Packer now he's a Packer yes just left the Bears he's on the Packers now but yeah definitely someone that I enjoyed watching and I'll continue to enjoy watching on my team (laughs) (laughs) I'll start with Adrian Amos as well I went with him for his versatility played both safety and corner at Penn State and he played all four years I mean he didn't really ride the bench. He's, he came in as a freshman. He played a lot um, in 2011, and then he became a, a really solid starter on those, you know, 2012-2014 teams that were, you know, really impacted by the sanctions. Um, so Adrian Amos, really good player, very versatile, and, you know, I think pretty hard hitter out of the secondary, too, and he did a little bit of everything back there. Um, so solid first choice, I think, for the both of us. Name another guy you got. Um, I went with Marcus Allen. That's mm-hmm. my next pick. I think, I mean, he brings a lot of energy, obviously. Like, he's a yeah. very, like, he's a very outgoing personality. You saw it on the field. He he plays with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. Just, like, he was one of the more most recent greats that Penn State's had at safety. Huge part of the Big Ten Championship team, obviously. Um, and, you know, he's, he's he ranks up pretty high in the, in the all-time tackles list. So Absolutely. I thought he was a good pick for the team. Yeah, Marcus Allen ranks fifth all-time in tackles. And I took him as well, and I... The reason why I kind of took him is because I think of him as, you know, that guy that plays near the line of scrimmage that can impact the running game. And, you know, I, I'm kind of leaving my 
corners, and I think I have Adrian Amos as a safety. I'm leaving my corners on an island, but I'm going to trust them on that island. <laughs> um, but, you know, Marcus Allen, four-year starter, starting in 2014, 22 tackles versus Minnesota in that 2016 game. I do remember game. that game. Yeah. That really changed the program. He had 22 tackles in that game. So he stepped up in a big moment. He had 321. That game turned their season around. Too, yeah. So that was incredible. He had 321 tackles, like I said, fifth all-time. And for his career as a safety, he had nine double-digit tackle games. So he was phenomenal in stopping the run. Sure tackler. So even if the ball you know, the ball carrier went past the line of scrimmage and made it to the secondary, he was a sure tackler. So Marcus Allen, you know, pretty good pick. And I think he's a fan favorite in recent years, too. People love his energy, like you mentioned. Um and for me, as a, a guy who loves Twitter, I I love watching his post game videos in the locker room all the time <laughs> yeah. with him dancing. Uh-huh. Um, so Marcus Allen, great pick. Who do you have as another defensive back? Yeah, like I said, gonna keep it recent. I'm going with Grant Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just enjoyed one two combo there. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was. I thought he was just like I, I thought he was just a good player at, at corner. You know, I I always I think a lot of people remember him for the Big Ten Championship game. The the stop at the, the end stop, with yep. Marcus, Marcus Allen. Allen, yeah. Um, and obviously, you can't leave out the the scoop and score against Ohio State, the yeah. big upset in 2016. Just the just the big part of the program, and I think that, like I said, I wanted to keep it recent, and he he was a guy that fit the bill. Okay, so I mentioned when I was talking about Marcus Allen, how I'm going to leave my corners on an island. And one reason why I'm going to do that is because I have one of the best one-on-one cover guys in Penn State history, and that's Alan Zemitis. Alan Zemitis was a captain on the 2005 team. He was a three-time All-Big Ten performer. He was a 2005 second-team All-American. And something a little interesting here, and I think some of this, you know, I'll get into it. He had the most interception return yards in a season in Big Ten history with 207 in 2003. And some of that has to do with his 80-yard touchdown return against Ohio State where he picked off Craig Krenzel and ran down the sideline and then drew Krenzel out you know, to reach the end zone in a really tough loss where they lost 21-20 to the defending national champs at home. But Alan Zemitis was phenomenal one-on-one guy. He had three interceptions against Michigan State to clinch the Big Ten title in 2005. And, you know, I think I don't think of any big plays that were – you know, had on Alan Zemias. Everything was kept in front of him. He swatted a lot of passes. He was able to get interceptions and return them. I also think of a play in 2005 against Michigan and that heartbreaking loss. What's up with him and heartbreaking losses? Jeez. <laughs> but, you know. You're bringing them up. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I'm going to get upset here. But uh, he tackled, he was about to tackle Chad Henney from Michigan, the quarterback. And instead of tackling him, he just took the ball from him and ran away. And you hear Brad Nessler. On, he's like, and Zemitis has the ball. He's going down the sideline. And like I said, he ran in for a touchdown. He was a big play player, but he limited big plays right. very effectively. So I think of Alan Zemitis as a great one-on-one guy. Yeah, so for my last guy, I went with him too mm-hmm. um, for a lot of the same reasons that you said. Um, the biggest thing is, like you said, one of the best to do it at cornerback position at Penn State and uh, – I think you just you just have to pick him. I mean, it, like I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's like a the biggest um, like talent pool to pick from. But if you're gonna pick guys, I think he's got to be on that list Absolutely. for sure. 
for me, my last pick at defensive back was Justin King. Justin King, mm. lots and lots of lots of speed. So he was very effective as a corner and defending the deep ball especially. He was the second team, all Big 10 2006, and he was first team in 07, and then he went to the NFL draft. He actually ran a 4-3-1-40 at the combine that year oh. before his draft. And, um, you know, lots and lots of speed. One of the more highly touted recruits, especially coming in in 2005. He played a little bit of offense in 05 and then transitioned over to defense, and he did pretty flawlessly. And, uh, you know, he had a nice career at Penn State. So those are our defenses. Uh, we named our offense. We have our defenses. And lastly, we have our specialists. So we have one kicker, one punter, and one return man. So, Brandon, who is your kicker that's going to kick all these extra points for our high-scoring offenses? <laughs> uh, so I went with Kevin Kelly. I think a lot of people maybe assess a kicker by, you know, how far can they kick it and how long of a field goal can they make. But for me, when I assess a kicker, I think reliability seems to me the best attribute to grade them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the guy that does that for you. Um, I think that you need a kicker that you can trust in the most precarious situations in a game, and you need the guy who can knock it through when when you need it, and I think this is the guy. Finished with a 72.9% Google percentage in his senior season. Um, he was a perfect 60 for 60 in extra points while sporting 83.3 field goal percentage in 2008. Um, so I think that he's just, he's the guy. He ranks at the top of the, at the top for career field goals at Penn State with 78, and it's by a wide margin. Nobody Mm -hmm. even comes close to it. Yeah, Kevin Kelly, you know, he came in as a freshman in 2005, and he, he was their guy right away. Obviously, he had the, you know, the tough game against Florida State where he missed a couple, then he did eventually make the game winner. (laughs) But, you know, he had a fantastic career as a Penn State kicker. For me, I went with Robbie Gold, who was probably the most famous Penn State kicker. And sure. it's, a lot of it's because of his NFL success, especially with the Bears. He was an all-pro a couple years. Still going. <laughs> still going, too. He's, he's still a really good kicker. Um, you know, and he kicked from uh, until 2004, which then led Kevin Kelly become the kicker. Um, but I think Robbie Gold, probably the best Penn State kicker going to the NFL since 1994. And uh, that's why I took him. Basically, a lot of it's because of his NFL success. I think, you know, he's yeah. obviously a good kicker in college, but I think he's, you know, he became a great kicker in the NFL. And I'm, I'm right. picking him. You know, whether that's fair or not, I'm gonna pick him because of that. Hey, moving over to punter, um, I'm not sure how many times we're gonna punt, but then again, we have great defenses too. So <laughs> that's true. Who do you have punting? I went with Gillikin. Just, just a great, like obviously a recent player, a person that you can. I mean, he had. Let's not say he had the best of seasons um, this past year, but definitely, like, when he came on as a freshman, like, <laughs> just booming kicks. Yes. And it was very exciting to see someone who could flip the field like he could. I said distance, not the best thing for field goal percent or field goal kickers. Distance for your punter, that's what I like, and this guy's got it. And you could tell the difference as soon as Gilpin came in because – Penn State had the couple different punters with the sanctions, and as soon as Gillespie came in, it was like, "Whoa, what we we forgot about yeah, how great we didn't, how great and how valuable we didn't know what it was like." Is. Yeah, Gillespie's a pretty good pick there. I went with Jeremy Kapanos. Um, he was on the 05 team, and he graduated in 2006. And I think of Kapanos, I think you know, big leg, also kind of like a 
you know, going with the Bill Belichick mindset where he loves lefty kicker or lefty punters because the ball comes off different. I'm going to go with Kapanos. You know, he's a left footer and, you know, he had a very big leg. He was very consistent throughout his career at Penn State. And now moving over to the returner. Yeah. So we mentioned it probably all the way back in the beginning of the podcast. Yep. I left Derek Williams off my wide receiver list because I put him as my kick returner. You know, no matter what sport it is, hockey, whatever it is, you know, I'm a big hockey fan, but speed, I always preach the importance of having speed. <laughs> this guy does it as the kick returner. Um, just the, I don't think there was a more prolific and, and fast return man than, than Derek Williams at Penn State. Just absolutely electric when he caught the ball and, and termed up field, and I think that's the kind of guy you need on the team returning kicks. Yeah, absolutely. I went with Derek Williams as well. You know, throughout his whole career, he was phenomenal in, you know, whether it was kickoff returns, punt returns. You know, I think of two games that I was at, he had a huge punt return in 2007 against Notre Dame at the White House, the first ever full White House. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next year in 2008, you know, pretty close game against Illinois and Derek Williams shine when lights were on the brightest and, you know, primetime game. And he had two touchdowns already to that point. And he made it a third with the kickoff to start, you know, kickoff touchdown return to start the fourth quarter. And, you know, Derek Williams was phenomenal, you know, big play player. But also I think he showed up in the big games when it counted most. And, you know, he showed up for me at two games that I remember very well, which is the Notre Dame game in 2007 yep. and the Illinois game prime time in 2008. So, yeah, Derek Williams, you know, obviously K.J. Hamler is a pretty good choice oh, God, now. yeah. And he's only going to get better yeah. as time um, goes on, obviously a freshman. So, so maybe if we did this in two or three years, we'd say <laughs> K.J. Hamler. Yeah. Hey, maybe we will. You can always do it again. Yeah, Derek Williams is up there. Other than that, I don't, I'm probably missing somebody pretty obvious, but nothing. nobody's coming to my mind. Is I mean, yeah, this is the first guy that popped into my Saquon head. Saquon so. Barkley. <laughs> yeah, he can do it. Barkley. He can do it. Um, Already my running back, though. So yeah, we'll, keep, him out of, we'll keep him out of danger there. <laughs> but... Those are our teams. I, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun making these teams and thinking of them, yeah. but also discussing them and talking about their attributes and what sure. makes them such great players. This is a lot of fun for both Brandon and I, and I'm sure Corey's going to have a lot of fun writing his article, talking about his players as well. You know, I hope you guys had a really good time You know, listening to us talk about these players and remembering their accomplishments and kind of you know thinking of them in different ways, too. Like I have Kerry Collins in a Bill O'Brien offense, and you know Brandon has Michael Robinson, who was a spread quarterback kind of before the spread was really popular, in a Joe Moorhead offense. Um, so reimagining players in different systems, you know, with different players, you know, a couple of different years. Listen, I had a lot of fun with that. I know Brandon did too. Yeah. Um, feel free to disagree with us. Obviously, yes. there's a lot of this is all opinion based. We made our picks based on our feelings our research and everything so favorite players even too yeah drop your team in let us know what you did what you picked who you picked let us know why we're wrong and what we picked Mm -hmm. let us know why we're right and what we picked no matter what tell us what you think yeah because like like brand said let us know because we have some recency bias you know we were born in 1996 so we didn't (laughs) you know we've seen the 1994 team on youtube and through highlights and big 10 network and things like that but we didn't really experience them live you know even throughout the 90s um we didn't get to see everybody 
but we've been to our fair share of games in the 2000s and in recent years. Yep. But, um, you know, like I said, we had a ton of fun doing this. Drop your teams in our comments when we drop this. Tell us which teams you think are the best, which players we should have put on our teams. Like We mentioned some honorable mentions um, mm-hmm. during the position groups. But name some other guys that maybe we forgot about, especially, you know, we were talking about the return men that we couldn't think of. Like I said, had a lot of fun doing this. Next week, we're all going to write articles about why our teams are better than the other two, how we're going to beat them, and, you know, what some final scores might be, what would work against a team's defense, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's because of coaching, because of the personnel, whatever. It's going to be pretty fun to look at and see why, you know, each team is better. So Yeah, feel free to, feel free to let us know who you think would win. Absolutely. Pick your best team out of our three and uh, let us know what you what you come up with. Yeah, and so if, if you don't already, we're going to post everything on Twitter, Facebook, and Apple and Spotify. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, our handle is at ForTheGloryOOS. And we're really trying to grow that Twitter page. You know, we, we have some followers, but we'd like to get more. And even Facebook, you know. We know very, you're out there on Facebook, yes, so very jump pop- on Twitter too. Very popular on Facebook. And um, we're looking for some reaction to this, okay? You know, we're making this list not only for us to have fun, but for you guys to remember players and have your feedback. All right. And then also on Apple and Spotify, we're under For the Glory of Old State as well. Let us know what you think of our teams. Who would win? Who did we miss on? Who should we replace? And list your teams in the comments as well. Hope you guys had fun listening. See you later.